Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osier wrap up their discussion on Article 12 of the Augsburg Confession. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. We're on to the New Testament episode. Yes. For repentance. On repentance. We're, we, yeah, we're not repenting of the New Testament episode. <laughs> we're we're studying on... repentance in yeah. the New Testament. <clears throat> right. Yes, that that's exactly right. So, I mean... Where does it even talk about repentance in the New Testament? Very rarely. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Third Thessalonians. <laughs> uh, we actually discovered the epistle to the Laodicean church, Ooh. and it's in there a couple of times. Squeezed yeah. it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so we are. We had last week about uh, Saul and David and uh, the differences there of uh, one repentance with faith and, and another without faith. And uh, yeah, so today we're in Romans 5, 1 through 11. Yep. And I will go ahead and read that for us and we'll uh, begin discussing it. So Romans 5, 1 through 11 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And here ends the reading of this scripture. Amen. Amen. I can't believe that we haven't talked about this text. You know, looking back through all of our previous episodes, uh, we've we've been I think we've done Romans four and Romans six, but never done Romans five. Yeah, it's very strange. It's kind of it was a couple two three years ago. I discovered as a pastor that I'd never preached on John one before, and I just oh. kind of sat stunned in my right. chair. For I was like, how could I manage like seven years of pastoring without doing it? Yeah, we've got yeah. we're two hundred some episodes in. We've never touched Romans five. That's a whoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good passage. Great passage. Good passage, and it does a remarkable job of putting our sin into context in both our relationship with God and our Christian life. Hmm. And, And that is a perfect environment to speak about repentance, right? Because the unrepentant fail to recognize that our sins have lasting consequences, and the repentant 
often fail to recognize that even in their repentance, that God doesn't do a one-for-one exchange with our sin and a real-world punishment for it. And and those are the two errors that people on either side of the, the argument struggle with, right? So that, that, you know, well, I'm sinning, it only impacts me or, or whatever. No, there's real relational mm-hmm. impact here for you and God. But then, you know, so many Christians who are suffering in life think that, oh, what sin haven't I repented of that God is bringing this suffering on me? And, and I mean, you want to put someone in prison with bad Christian counseling, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, well, what sin are you hiding? You know, and, and, and that is the opposite of absolution. Right, mm. and so uh, the the first paragraph is repentance for the Christians, and the second paragraph, starting with verse six, is the impact of sin on the life of the unrepentant, and then the great and glorious news of the gospel. Yeah, hmm. yep, that's right. And so, so Adam here, what? Let's look at that first section there a bit. Um, it, we see the result of repentance, uh, which is peace with God. Yeah, and that, that peace with God, notice in the, in the first verse there, therefore, since we have been justified, and I know that's been discussed in previous episodes, uh, as it is in the Apology, but that nature of justification comes by or through faith. And as it comes through faith, uh, that, that is, you know, as we've been talking about uh, repentance, contrition, and faith being the second part, it's that confidence in it, that, that gospel wrought confidence in something that has been done for us. Mm-hmm. And as he spells that out through this, this uh, chapter, as he spells it out through the book of Romans, that object of our faith is Jesus. So since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. That, that peace that comes for the one who is repentant. Those who have been justified, they have been, been grieved by their sin and turned to Christ to find the salvation. That, that whole uh, first verse really sums up the, mm-hmm. the gospel. Yeah, and the objective nature of the gospel comes up very strongly, mm-hmm. which, again, couches this whole thing in repentance because we're on the level of assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. If your conception of the gospel or your conception of the forgiveness of sins is on the level of abstraction or, or kind of philo- you know, philosophical notion, uh, you can never have that assurance of salvation because the gospel can never be objective. But, but this direct statement, since we have been justified by faith, mm-hmm. we have yeah. peace. It's a statement of reality. It's not a statement of potentiality. It's not a stateful, statement of wishful thinking. It's This is the outcome of the gospel in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Adam. Mm-hmm. Well, I teach Romans uh, class, and on this chapter, w- when I look at that, you see... Uh, the different past, present, and future aspects of our justification, right? So we have peace with God. We were just past tense, justified. Peace with God was one at the cross. And then it moves into the present reality of having access by faith into the grace in which we stand, that access to God where we have a place to go now with our sins. Where do we go when we are sorry for our sins, even as Christians? You know, like that was, a, who, was who were we talking about a couple weeks ago? The, the Novations, is that right? Yeah, they, they were the right. ones that said you can't be yeah. forgiven after. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Sorry. <laughs> After the whole, I'm never gonna not think about it that way. You completely way, but, yeah. derailed me. Now I can think about his music, but the. The uh, innovations, no forgiveness after baptism, right? Yep. Well, that, that's not true. We have access not just to go to God as some sort of a dispenser of good things, but also a the dispenser of forgiveness as well. So that's a present. And then the future, the hope of something forward, something future that has been won for us, mm-hmm. that hope of the glory of God where we'll stand in his presence. Yeah. Got all of it there. And, and all this is built on the foundation of that assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. None of this is possible without yeah. that certainty. And, and the hope that you were just mentioning, Adam, is what sustains us in our sufferings. And, and, and without the assurance of salvation, I, I have heard people explain verses 3, 4, and 5 so poorly because they do so uh, apart from the context of assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the most often I've heard it taught as is a, as a formula for success in life. Mm. <laughs> and, and how tragic yeah. to put someone who is hmm. suffering through that kind of a ringer where it's suddenly we rejoice in our sufferings and, and, and it becomes law mm-hmm. immediately. It yep. becomes law because... Now, not only are you suffering, not only are you grieving, not only are you mourning, whatever it might be, but now you got to be happy. Mm-hmm. you got to pretend like it doesn't matter. What's that? You talk about some theodicy? Yeah, that's, yeah, this is theodicy, the, yeah. the, the, the explanation of God's suffering. Right. And, mm-hmm. and all of this robs us. How is it possible to rejoice in sufferings? It's not a matter of attitude. Mm-hmm. It's not even a matter of perspective. It's a matter of assurance of salvation right. where we move through life fully convinced that eternity is ours even in our suffering, to the point that we can, as Christians, we are free. We are free to acknowledge that God might, in fact, be be punishing us mm-hmm. because of a sin. We're free to admit that. And what we know our responsibility in is, is just to repent of our sins. Mm-hmm. The Bible says over and over and over again, anything that happens, the Christian response is repentance. The Christian response is repentance. You know, so, so uh, you know, it's kind of that Lord have mercy response yeah. of the Christian, right? If something awful happens, you pray, Lord have mercy, forgive me of my sins. Yeah. But then Romans two four, you know, that that kind of is launching a little bit the undercurrent before chapter three on justification and four on faith, and now we're in chapter mm-hmm. five. Uh, is do not do you presume on the kindness and forbearance of God's mercy, knowing that His goodness is designed to bring about repentance? Right. So, so the message of Scripture is not only everything that bad that happens in our life we need to repent of our sins, anything good that happens in our life. Mm-hmm. We are to be repenting of our sins, then we can rejoice in our sufferings because our eyes are fixed on eternity mm-hmm. that is ours by faith in Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. and that comes from hearing the gospel, yeah. right? hearing the gospel full and free. And I guess that's been my experience in in my own life too. Is you know hearing the gospel, you know, not mixed with a, a bit of law. You know, hearing the law, you know, full force law. Hearing the full full force gospel and uh, the result is peace that uh, that assurance that confident assurance um i don't know if this is a good thing to bring up but i guess i remember having having that kind of reaction in my life in reading this is kind of a free lutheran inside baseball but you know rosinius's commentary uh, to romans and, mm-hmm. and some of his emphasis on 
you know, hearing the gospel and and receiving the gospel, and that has the effect of you know strengthening our the assurance and uh, bolstering us in the faith as we hear the gospel. And well, and that was my exact response when. Uh, I read through the large catechism for the first time, that sense of assurance that you are in the Christian church uh, where your sins will not harm you, where there is nothing but the continuous, uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. Just great message of assurance. Hmm. That that word endurance and and the, the, the word pictures that are there, I believe it's the word that means like to stand under. Um, to, to stand under something. I think of like Atlas, right? As Atlas is carrying the world on his shoulders. When we suffer, we are, are under that, that weight. And it, when something's on our shoulders, we focus on, you know, we, we are forced to focus on this. And when that something is suffering, right? When suffering is, is on our shoulders, it forces us to look up to Jesus. It constantly forces us to see him as the as the end. So even when that suffering comes as a result of, of our sin, we talked, uh, I think it was last week, about, you know, the, the consequences of sin. And we talked about, you know, it, certain certain things really, ha- you know, happen as a result. Yeah, I messed up and this is the consequence. But even in that, when we're, when we're under that, that endurance is to, to look forward mm-hmm. with that single-mindedness, that single focus at Christ. This entire section breaks down if you lose your focus on eternity. Mm-hmm. It, it just, none of it makes sense and none of it works. Hmm. Yeah. And it stands in, in, in direct contrast then to the way the gospel is preached in the second half of our passage, starting in verse six, Yeah. Mm-hmm. because then it's about the gospel as a response to the consequence of our sins. Yeah. If, if you look, and you said this before with the uh, verses 1 through 5 being, um, you know, we talked about the, the objective gospel. Really, it's subjective in the, our experience with being justified, right? Uh, we have all this, but then we jump into verse 6, you get into the objective gospel. Like, mm-hmm. this has happened. While we were, it actually happened. <laughs> While we were still sinners at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Either that happened or it didn't happen. And if it did happen, what, what's being said that that's, took place there is that he died for sinners. He died to pay for sin. If that really happened, it doesn't matter, like we talked about before, how we feel. It has everything to do with what actually is true and what God has made true through Christ for us for eternity. And that is the most the most effective apologetic argument for Christianity. It's mm-hmm. it, It's really astounding that that you can look someone in the eye and, and just simply say either Jesus died or he didn't and that is the sum total of our faith and if he didn't uh, pretending somebody comes to us who doesn't believe if he didn't die you're 100% right yeah i you are you're right on I'm but if that right happened on. and there's a lot of evidence that it did then you're 100% wrong then you're 100% wrong yeah yep. and and there's no in between and and the the way the world tries to have it both ways or to dismiss Christianity when all you need to do is simply say, look at the evidence for Jesus Christ. Did he exist? Did he die? Did he rise again? Mm-hmm. If the answer to those questions is yes, then everything must fall under the Christian understanding of the universe. Mm-hmm. And if the answer to any of those questions is no, then the entirety of Christianity is wrong. 
Yeah, yep, that's right. And um, you know, I'm thinking here. Yeah, is there any anything that we're missing yet in talking about repentance in this text of, you know, connecting it back to, you know, the last few rep- episodes about repentance? So I think where we want to tie the last loose end up from where we started is talking about the knowledge that contrition is the knowledge of sin, right? The mm-hmm. awareness of its existence and awareness of its impact on our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 10 while we were enemies, mm-hmm. that that is that is what the score is right there when it comes to our sin. Is that uh, our sin isn't you know we're suddenly getting a C plus instead of a B minus because we <laughs> screwed up or or anything like that. Is that our sin puts us in enmity with God? It puts mm-hmm. us in a relationship of hostility. You know, and it, it's kind of in vogue and chic right now in Lutheran circles to poo-poo the argument of relationship. And I get it because 99.9997% of the time, mm. someone's talking about relationship, actual stat. I was going to say, do you, yeah, you I've done the research. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone, when they talk about relationship, are talking about this sliding scale about their assessment of their performance with God. You know, and we've covered that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right? When people talk about relationship, that's what they're talking about. But Scripture allows us to talk about our relationship with God and if we're talking about how we relate to God. And what I teach in my congregation is that Scripture only and ever gives us two words to talk about our relationship with God. We are either in a relationship of wrath or we're in a relationship of reconciliation. Right. And yep. in sin and because of sin... That we are enemies of God. Right. You know, that might grab people's attention if you say, you're already in a relationship with God. Well, that's, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it, it just it, depends on what kind. It's yeah. the same sort of argument to bad theology as telling someone that, you know, Jesus is already Lord. You don't make, you don't mm, elect Jesus yeah, to don't that position, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it, at the end of time on Judgment Day, either Jesus is your Lord yeah. and you're ushered into eternity, into his presence forever, or Jesus is your Lord, and you bow down and confess his name and are separated from him forever. Mm-hmm. It's not that, oh, Jesus was your savior, but he wasn't your Lord. Yeah, so, you put him there. You, so, you, so now you got to live in the suburbs instead of in the posh apartment downtown in heaven, right? <laughs> you made him Lord of your life. Yeah. and now, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's the same sort of thing. Sure. It's you already... Uh, uh, Let's be honest about this, and, and this has several implications for how the church does evangelism and everything else. Pick a random person in the bush in Congo. You know, that person has a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's one of unrepentant, un- unconfessed sin. And, and, and the notion that there are unreached people groups on the planet should lend urgency to our preaching of the gospel, right? right. It, it, we preach the gospel because everyone has a relationship with God and because the default relationship we have with God is a relationship of wrath. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, any other uh, thoughts here as we start to wrap up this episode here, uh, landing the plane a little bit on... Talking, yeah, right. We've been circling <laughs> for four episodes. I'm the, uh, I'm the air, air traffic control saying, Fun right, police telling us go. to end <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking about, about how the, the nature of repentance is one 
this goes a little far, further forward in, in Romans, but as we talk about contrition, right, we're sorry over our sin, leads us to faith in what we're seeing here, the objective gospel. The importance of what you just said about it, it lends urgency when we think about that person in the bush, right? Uh, it lends urgency to the proclaiming. Why? Because it's the, the proclamation of the gospel. It's the hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Correct. And we need to be quick to, to say what, what Paul said in, in Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a word of of promise to us. And he explains why that's true in verses 6 through 8 or 6 through 9. And, and that is what we need to remember is that it's a proclamation of the reality. We need to be quick with words of absolution. We need to be quick with words of encouragement to say, hey, yes, where do we go with that sin? And we need to point people to Jesus. Uh, it's a perfect illustration of the difference between talking about the gospel and preaching the gospel, mm, right? Yeah. The message is we have peace, right? The, 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 the certainty in the effectiveness of Christ's completed action, you said verses six through eight, or, or what I'm looking at is verse nine, actually. Therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Hmm. You know, it's the effectiveness of what Christ has done for us. The absolute complete effectiveness is what we preach and what we proclaim hmm. and, and, and why we can boldly as Christians in today's yeah. walking on eggshell culture, talk and proclaim against sin. We don't do it to be judgmental. We don't do it uh, to be the fun police. Mm -hmm. we, we preach repentance because at the end of repentance, as Adam just said, at the end of repentance is forgiveness. Yeah. That, that the law is never an end unto itself. The law is always in service of the word of the gospel that forgives and comforts and saves. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Well, any other closing thoughts here uh, today? Uh, no. Is this the time to, uh, what was that, 1 Corinthians Yeah. Oh, 7? yeah, 2 second, second second Corinthians, Corinthians I always get 1 yeah. and 2 Corinthians screwed we are, up. We're they, pulling a, a why can't that here? just be one book? <laughs> yeah, right, Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so in Second in Corinthians 7, uh, verse 10, we were talking about how it's it's a travesty that we haven't brought that verse up uh, in this discussion. But now we're redeeming ourselves this last uh, last little bit. Uh, but yeah, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and Pastor Adam continue their discussion on the Augsburg Confession. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.